What's up? What's up? Hello. We're back. We're back. We're back. For the second episode of... Number two. Rainy days. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's make everybody's rainy days a little more brainy today. Again, I'm Jeff. And I'm Paul. And apparently, podcasters average out. They tap out around the seventh episode. So let's at least go for eight. We can make that. We can do that. We <laughs> have, at least we go have for plenty eight. of time of our, on our hands. All I want to be is above average. So we have to do it. Okay. To at least episode eight. Mm. <laughs> All right. I'm willing to settle for average. But everybody else out there, there are plans. We have lots of ideas for the future. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're, we do. we're not trying to tap out at eight, but that is my ultimate goal. We hope you guys got to listen to our first episode for the podcast. It was just a general introduction to kind of what to expect from Brainy Days, a little bit about Paul and myself, and just touching on neuroscience in general and mental health. So today, I'm sure you could tell by whatever we ended up titling the episode (laughs) that we're going to talk a little bit about COVID-19. And mental health in regard to it. Yeah, and we want to kind of not talk about the statistics as much maybe they'll pop in here and there but we want to highlight how this whole quarantine situation it's brand new to all of us we're all experiencing it at the same time in unison which is super interesting as a society perhaps super unprecedented uh, at least within the past few decades since since i've been alive at least yeah that's i mean ever since modern medicine we didn't really see this coming i don't think uh I mean, I think I think it was seen coming. I think a possibility of it in the future, right? Yeah, yeah. Precautions certainly, maybe weren't as ramped up as they should have been. Right, but everything that has happened during quarantine has truly warped our worlds, both internally and externally, and even outside of mental health, we can't go to a restaurant or travel interact with human beings yeah in in public spaces and not worry about being six feet away Mm -hmm. and not feeling guilty if we aren't six feet away yeah there is a lot about this virus that has totally messed a lot of people up i think Mm -hmm. it's thrown off our whole way of of life right particularly here in the u.s yeah especially here in the u.s because apparently none of us know how to (laughs) wear hands or wear a mask yeah (laughs) Please wear a mask. We talked about that on our last episode at the end. <laughs> I do have notes here, but why don't we just talk, I guess? Yeah, yeah I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, let's just talk. Let's just talk. I think my personal experience with the quarantine is, I mean... It's been interesting it's to been watch very, you. To watch me? <laughs> why is that? It's just, I mean, things all culminated at once, and uh, it you've... You've had your ups and downs, and yeah. it's it's gone back and forth, and I don't. It's been a wild ride. Yeah, it has. For those that maybe aren't explicitly clear, uh, I I've, I'm roommates with Jeff, and so I've we've yeah, at least got... had to have social contact up close and personal. Yeah, but, true. Um, yeah, yeah. You you can tell them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's a lot going on for me at the moment, but I don't know if I'll specifically get into it now. But I am in between labs right now. I was actually booted from mine. <laughs> we don't need to be booted. <laughs> no, I know. Um, even though, no, at one point I am going to talk about that. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. For sure. Not in this episode. Of course. But I ended up wanting to switch labs right when 
the, like the quarantine situation, like the week that the quarantine happened. It was the week mm-hmm. before that I made this decision. It couldn't have been worse timing. Yeah. And I was like, this will be great. I was going to take time on leave before going back to a lab. And I'm pretty sure some of my family doesn't even know about this yet. <laughs> Surprise. And so I thought this would be great for my mental health. I can focus on the things that I've been trying to spend time on, uh, make a little extra money on the side as a server. And because financial stress is huge, at least for graduate yeah. students a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so about right when this happened, about a month later, I lost my job as a server because they went out of business. And also getting this job was part of the reason I got kicked out of my lab. So that was really cool. Anyway, it was a very nice fancy steakhouse and they still went out of business because of one month of not having customers. So that really put into perspective for me what it must feel like. Even though I was lucky and that's my that was like my side gig, it really hit me hard because there are people out there that are losing their careers yeah and they have families i mean we see unemployment just booming yeah and it's scary it is very scary and it's sad because there's really nothing we can do about it at this point we're just but hmm? vote but even that's months away (laughs) well even that is not voting is not going to stop the viral pandemic true you know so anyway so at least for my situation right when i wanted to switch labs and I say wanted to switch because in the end, it was my decision whether or not to stay in the lab. So everything was shut down. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't visit my friends. It was suggested not to go see, you know, your family for a little while because you don't want to infect anybody, especially older, younger people. And so at that point, I hadn't seen my family in three months. And then I, all throughout quarantine, I didn't see my family again until, honestly, I finally broke and went and visited them in June. It's hard because... They live in a different area and I live in a different area and we don't want to be part of the problem. So that's where the guilt comes in, where people are like, what do I do? Should I just hang out with my friends anyway? Yeah. 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 What about for you, Paul? Oh, man, it's been a roller coaster for me. For me, it's been a, it's I feel like it's been sort of an interesting experience because I, I've seen that many, many people are struggling. And I, I would say in some capacity, like I'm struggling mentally through this as well, but one thing that it weirdly did allow me was a lot of extra unstructured time. I and, hate that. I need structure. I, I like. I I agree. I'm like 100% with you. Structure it saves me so much effort uh, in like planning things out mentally. But what it like get, getting through this the rest of the semester because I'm in my first year of PhD and I'm still doing classes, almost done with it. But watching the transition of professors who no nobody was prepared to do this well it it was a it was a huge struggle getting through classes and it it really tanked me mentally i was exhausted you were always tired i was i was working working. so much It, it it felt like the 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 coursework load just exploded and i don't it i'm sure there's I think it did increase with some capacity because professors are trying to figure out, like, what do we do if there's no structure? I'm giving, like, all these lectures online. They can see them. How do I make sure that the students are still, like, engaging and learning? And that comes with a lot of just, like, work to turn in. But also, there was no structure around how to go about managing uh, the coursework. And also, I I was still going into lab uh, very infrequently, but I was still going in just to keep up things in lab, uh, obviously using masks, washing hands, making sure nobody else was around. But 
Yeah, it, it was it was an uphill climb to get through the semester. But as soon as the semester ended, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands. And in a way, it was like it was an opportunity for me to make some like necessary life changes. I was so happy for you when you were lo- done with classes. Yeah, yeah. Like, Thank I mean, <laughs> God this kid isn't in <laughs> class all My whole perspective, time, yeah. I think, changed. Um, but it but it was interesting because I I now had time to you know start start cooking for myself instead of ordering in so much which is an awful habit but it it, sa- it saves so much time which cooking i think also is a really good form of therapy kind of at least for me yeah, yeah i'm and i'm starting to see that it it just always seemed like an inconvenience before like the the prep the the cleanup and whatnot it, it, that's a small thing but like also like trying to start exercising even though i injured my back and i'm like working through that right now how's your back feeling uh, it's How's doing, it feeling? it's doing pretty good. Cramped uh, in the closet, it's not hurting it. <laughs> and, yeah, a little bit, but I'm okay. I herniated a disc about a month ago and I'm still recovering. Was that confirmed? You got, it was herniated? Uh, in talking with the physical therapist, the, the, the shooting pain down the leg and everything, it was pretty consistent with what a herniated disc usually looks like. Ah, oh, damn. And going back to something you mentioned earlier with the professor, you said professors, which was like a buzzword for me because they, professors and teachers... Some of them, I, I don't know how all of them are doing, but some of them are doing such a good job some in are. adapting and how fast they adapted yes. to this situation. Complete kudos to them. And they had no clue this was going to happen. They don't have a secret filing cabinet <laughs> with just in case there's a viral pandemic and we have to do everything from home and see everybody virtually. They don't do that. They just had to figure this out on the spot. And a lot of them had to do it on their own without any direction and without any training in what to do in this kind of situation. This completely warped the world of education in so many ways and i think it's probably going to continue to i think this situation is going to ripple through time even after the viral pandemic because there's been a lot of really cool online opportunities absolutely absolutely and perhaps to just plug a neuroscience related Mm. thing there through through all this and i i think this was maybe in the works beforehand but it really took off after the pandemic started and obviously everybody was not in a classroom setting or in like learning settings. Uh, there's something called NeuroMatch Academy, which Conrad Cording, he's a computational neuroscientist uh, at UPenn. He and a bunch of others around the world have set up this like like large, like multiple week learning experience for like new students around the globe. And it's been really cool to see like the, the diversity and like how, how large of a scope this is like reaching right. people. And I, I think, I definitely think like for instance, the Office of Intramural Training and Education at NIH, blah, 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 <laughs> at NIH, they offer, they always offer these workshops that you can go to in person, and they're all, they're really, really good there. They're all about, like, really making sure the graduate students and the postbacs have the best experience they can while they're at NIH. So they have these workshops that are, like, how to do this application, or how to build resilience, and how to recognize mental health they have meditation so anyway now they're doing them all virtually but the difference is now they're offering them to other universities as well i didn't know that yeah it's super cool so last time i did one it was like how to live a happier life or something like that you know like simple simple cute kind of things like that um and one of the people that was in it was you know he was like sorry what's i said oh i'm i work at nimh which is the national institute of mental health and i was under the impression that everybody in that video chat was at NIH and this kid goes what's NIMH and I was like oh you know National Institute of Mental Health and then I realized 
later when he introduced himself that he was actually a student from University of Michigan, just oh. logging into this offered work, so virtual neat. workshop. Super I love cool. that. I love that. Yeah, I had a, a Skype call with the director of the GPP, the Graduate Partnerships Program at NIH, and I made it very clear that I think that we should continue to do that moving forward. I say mm -hmm. we as if I'm part of OIT, <laughs> but I made it really clear that it would be cool to offer these kinds of virtual but interconnected workshops with other people and get other perspectives. It was awesome. There were also professors from other universities chiming in. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was that awesome. Really Every great. level, really, really cool. But that's just another example of an office that really thrives with in-person interactions. And they just kind of had to sit back and do everything from home now. Yeah, yeah. But I guess going back a little bit to our own experiences with mental health uh, during all this, it, I can't help but just feel that this, like the past four or five months have just been incredibly, terrible. I mean, ter <laughs> terribly, yes, but like incredibly new in a, a weird way. And like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to like say that like, it's great, but like it has, it has given me perspective on a lot of things. You just went like this and then pulled it away. Sorry, God. It's right. You're, you're holding it right. <laughs> Mine's right next to my lips. You want to be able to kiss your mic? Speak Mine into it, baby. a little longer. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, this whole, the whole past four or five months has been uh, interesting from the perspective that it's, it's so new and, and people fear change. They do fear change, Rookie but I, I feel like I'm, I'm embracing it in that I'm like learning the ability to take so much unstructured time and make it structured has like been like Almost life changing for yeah. me. I I just feel like my day to day perspective on the world, and I also feel like I'm not inundated by coursework and and lab work. I'm still obviously things are lighter. Figuring right it out, kind of. But <laughs> this, I mean, we're, yeah, we're all figuring things out as we go through this. This brings me to something that my brother told me when I he texted me, and we we don't talk that much, but every now and then we'll shoot a text to each other, my older brother. And uh, he we were talking. He's like, "Oh, how are you?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, honestly." It was like after maybe two months or three months of the quarantine. And he was like, and I go, uh, it's kind of starting to get to me, to be totally <laughs> honest. Um, don't really know what to do with myself. I don't really have any structure. And I didn't realize how much I thrived on structure at the time. Mm. Like having a nine to five kind of place to go, things to do, yeah. and then go home and like then do whatever I want. It's weird. And his response was, what are you talking about? This is, <laughs> this is the most structure you'll ever have in your life. You know exactly where you'll wake up, when, you know... You'll know exactly how many hours of things you can do and, you know, you know where you are and da, 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 da. And I was just like, yeah, got it. But what I didn't tell him was that that's absolutely not what structure is. <laughs> but it's funny you say that because as you were saying that, I was thinking, it's like, yeah, that's exactly where I've gotten to. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> I if can you find developed structure, structure, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing is I thrive off of given structure. I mean, I, I can do things on my own, guys, but I do thrive off. If you tell me something to do for part of a job, I'm going to do it. If you're like, here, go fill your 24 hours every day for the next <laughs> six months doing whatever you want. No, um, but I agree. I think it's a good opportunity to learn how to structure our, our lives a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's at least been good to me in that way. That's the, that's a small, small silver lining around all of this. Very, very because thin in silver lining. Almost every other facet 
facet. It's it's very limiting, uh, socially, uh, primarily socially. <laughs> yeah, man, I miss concerts. I miss friends. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, usually I go to concerts with friends, but yeah, yeah, I do miss things and events. <laughs> I just want to go to the bar. Yeah, or something. The bar would I don't be even nice. want to go to the bar, but I want to go to the bar. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe that's the psychology of it. Well, now something interesting is that there are people out there who think that that the government or scientists are infringing on their rights uh, by uh, making them wear a mask or highly, highly, highly recommending without forcing it on us. You know what I mean? They're doing all they can to be like, it's going to make a difference. So mm-hmm. the thing is, even if it doesn't make a difference, why is it that hard for some people to do? You know, there are conspiracies out there that it is harming our breathing. There's, oh my God. I forget who somebody was saying it caused cold sores. Oh my and, God. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you don't wash your mask, it's like, yeah, wa- it's like wash your mask and wash tight. your face. Yeah. Personal <laughs> hygiene people. Why don't, <laughs> why don't you work on that first before complaining about <laughs> infringing on your rights when there's, a global viral pandemic happening. It's happening everywhere. There's nowhere you can escape except Mm-mm. maybe the moon. And New Zealand is now down to zero cases. And I'm sure they're not letting anybody in right now. They, I, I probably not. I haven't looked, but I would. <laughs> if New Zealand continues down the right path, then they probably are not letting anybody in. My goodness. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, I'm not trying to blame our country at all, but I think it shows, you know. There are a lot of different ways that people and countries can respond to this type of situation. and But there's also a very clear and obvious response that right. works. And it Right. And so I think sometimes we just have to bite the bullet and do what we're told sometimes, yeah. especially in the case of a viral pandemic. But I guess it's been kind of a quote unquote good opportunity to develop different kinds of hobbies that we may be interested yeah. in. I started coloring honestly it never really went through like those adult coloring books mm-hmm. that are like super intricate designs and everything yeah, those are i cool. i never really like was into coloring i really like drawing and stuff and uh my friend gave me this book years ago and i never really used it but because i had identified that one of my weaknesses is that i sometimes have trouble with completion like doing things from start to finish in one sitting so i thought okay if i can sit down and color this entire page of these really intricate designs then maybe that would be like a small form of therapy for me Hmm. yeah yeah i think developing hobbies is a very clear coping mechanism for us during all this there there's obviously time to do it uh within our our limits right obviously we it's harder to go outside and develop hobbies especially for those who are immunocompromised um that probably are also experiencing higher levels of anxiety during all of this. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, but I, I know for me personally, like, I, I enjoyed fiddling around on the piano. And yeah, I've had a lot more time to do that. Yeah, you've been playing a lot more. It's been an absolute joy. Yeah. I also started a garden recently. You did. I, I had gardened once two years ago, and I there was a lot of squash, man. It just grew like weeds. And I had to literally give squash away to so many random people. <laughs> it's like, do you want squash? Because they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, right, squash. Like, And then I'd bring them squash the next day. Mm. This year's there's no squash, but I thought gardening would be a good opportunity to get outside, 
get some sun because I really like I'm happier when I get sunshine on my skin. But it also just yeah, keeps my mind busy, you know, put on another podcast and listen or put on some music, dig around in the dirt, <laughs> grow, grow some food. <laughs> um, I picked my basil today. It's super oh, duper fresh. Try that. But yeah, I mean, so there are these very emphasis on the very thin, small silver linings around the situation. But pretty much all that we can do besides following the suggestions that are being made at the moment is to just wait it out and figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there there's also a level of trust, whether whether or not we feel comfortable with that and the the leaders or lack thereof uh, to to go through this. And... Oh, okay. I, I, I just learned I have I have something to say. <laughs> I just learned because I, I purposely don't try to follow Donald Trump's <laughs> life around all the time but he just for the first time wore a mask in public yeah he wore it at, over at walter reed right which is a hospital which naval which hospital probably had to i i imagine he was absolutely forced to that's my i, I don't want to spread conspiracy or wild ideas well, but right yeah it's yeah not a it, wild idea. it was great that he wore it hopefully he keeps it up well yeah we need those public images it's just surprising that that's our our nation's leader and as, as something as simple as our president doing the thing that we're all supposed to be doing, it would motivate people to do it more, I think. It just annoyed me when I figured that out. And we're not going to talk about Donald Trump a lot on this podcast. No, I, I, I really don't want this to get... It's, no, it's I don't hard to be political for right. us to not get slightly... And like, it's, well, it's because it's all connected. It's all it, so intertwined. Yeah, yeah. Like the science, the the mental health, mm-hmm. the politics, it's all it, the it same is thing. You it, know? it is inherently political. I was just surprised that as the leader, that was the first time. Maybe we should transition about like just general mental health for everyone else out there. Because I mean, this is, this is exasperating so much of whether like people are aware of like mental health issues in their own life or whether they're not, like it's, it's hitting everybody. Yeah. And even if maybe you didn't have, you know, or if you didn't identify with having mental health issues before, it might be hard for people who are developing them during the quarantine, but don't still don't think they have anything going on, but they don't know why they feel weird or anxious or mm-hmm. sad all the time. And also are maybe losing access to resources right now because, I mean, the, the, this is a whole other discussion we can have about how sometimes how difficult it is to like go and find a therapist or go and find a psychiatrist. And that's already so hard. It's already difficult. There aren't like super clear avenues to do it. Right. And then also there's the like the the question of insurance and the logistics around it. But now like during all of this, how, like do you want to go sit next to a therapist? Like obviously like there will probably be like right. Hey, there's online options. Obviously people are trying to be safe in health professions, but everyone's so isolated. Yeah, and yeah, this is something I talk about with a lot with one specific uh, friend. How we we'll go back and forth. We'll text. And we'll be like, I'm not okay today. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm really empty today. And we'll try to just remind the other one, like, that's okay. Like, we don't go, oh, no, you're great. You're fine. It's going to be awesome. We always say, that's okay that you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you're, you're feeling that way, but tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like you're, <laughs> you're filling the therapist role for your friend. Yeah, and I think one specific group of people that I just feel so so terrible about during this entire thing and there are a million people out there to feel bad about 
during this. Obviously, I'm not saying these are the this is the only group, but addicts, mm. addicts that have tailored these intricate routines that keep their mind off of a substance or, or an activity or something for years and they were just told to sit at home and stay inside and do nothing until further notice basically or you know going to work for some of these people is is good in other ways and it's good for everybody to like get out and go and do stuff but it just really kills me when i think about there's probably so many people out there that are kind of reverting back to addictive habits and it's like you can't even really blame them because it's just so so difficult yeah yeah that really upsets me because it's just i just feel so terrible it is upsetting even for me it's like i don't really drink alcohol a lot but i've been drinking a lot of alcohol during the quarantine there's a lot of time right well there's time but it's also just i'm just bored with myself all the time Uh, you know yeah I usually say I hate driving. Recently, every time I get in the car, I'm like, woohoo, mm-hmm. I'm driving. Every time. I mean, I'm almost tempted to just go out and drive just for the yeah. sake of driving. My brother-in-law does that, actually. It, it's nice. They just roll the window down while yeah. I'm going down the highway. Yeah. He says, I guess, I don't know if he does it every morning, but um, I was sleeping over my sister's in his house once, and I heard him get up. I was, like, awake for some reason because I couldn't sleep, and I heard him get up at, like, 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And then leave and then come back kind of later. So I was like, oh, maybe he got coffee, but he was out for a while. And then I asked him and he was like, yeah, you know, every now and then I'll just get up and get some coffee and just drive around for just the sake of it and kind of clear my head and start my day. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. It's a good outlet. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how all these different facets of mental health, like you were talking about addiction. Um, and then another thing that came to my mind was victims of abuse or like domestic mm, abuse right. that are oh my god i hate like, thinking of they that. have their like daily escapes the the routines yeah. that they're in um and now they're they're stuck at home with their abusers and it it's it's very hard to sort of assess these things given where we're at right now um like how do we like how do we build resources for that in the moment or is that Unfortunately, will that just be something that we're going to have to deal with the repercussions of all of these things that might be building up like months down the road, years down the road? I mean, one thing I think that is one of my favorite characteristics of humanity that is being displayed on a friggin' pedestal right now is our ability to adapt. Mm -hmm. And although some people are refusing to adapt, um, there has been a lot of really good adaptation. I was also going to say another thing that kind of makes this whole situation really hard and weird is the fact that there was a very acute okay go start working at home now like an acute instance and we'll let you know when things clear up out here <laughs> and um th- there's not going to be this acute at least in my opinion i don't think there's going to be this acute kind of transition. statement yeah transition where they're just like okay start going back to work some people are some companies are trying to make these decisions on their own but at the same time, the workers kind of have a right to to feel uncomfortable if they're being told to go back to work still during spikes mm-hmm. of the of the virus. Yeah, and one one particular thing there is like teachers and education, like particularly like pre college, like like high school, middle school, and elementary school. There's like this double edged sword going on where parents 
are like struggling to like keep up with their kids every day while getting whatever they need to get done done but on the other hand teachers are scared to take those kids back rightfully so because there's no protections in place for them and so they're like I, I was just speaking with my friend who's a, a high school teacher uh, in math uh, teaches seniors and she was saying that they're like coming trying to come up with some interesting hybrid plan of like splitting up like a third of the students on campus <laughs> I've a heard day. Of this. yeah and it's to some capacity like insane. maybe it'll work logistically but it it still feels dangerous and it doesn't it's not developed it's and it might be better for us to just keep it virtual wholly maybe. in the meantime maybe but that's why i was saying it's a double-edged yeah. sword because now right. the parents once again have to deal with like yes, getting their true. little kids on yeah. on calls and keeping them their attention focused yeah it's very and circular it's so it's like we like do it do we like put teachers and students at risk or do we put parents like, at risk? <laughs> put parent like like tear down their parents mental health on trying yeah. to manage kids and their own life i mean yeah but you know if you do have kids like i don't think it's the worst thing that parents are getting a little bit more time with them well it's been <laughs> i mean perhaps but i but know like, it's a lot it's there's a lot. been a lot of interesting discussion online between parents especially like where both parents and the family are are working mm-hmm. um like h- how do you manage your children like if if daycares like aren't physically open yeah or if schools aren't open how can you do what you're supposed to be doing virtually it's, if in real life you have a child running around it's or two or three been super challenging and yeah. i guess drawing a line to academia for example uh publications which is sort of like the the products that scientists try to develop to progress their work or whatever it, it's been shown that there has been biases between different fields and uh, even between female and male identifying individuals in in surveys about levels of productivity or like number of publications during this time. It's just been an extremely complex and interesting thing to yeah. see develop. COVID sucks. The situation sucks. COVID does suck. The situation does suck. That's a good general conclusion so i don't know guys we just figured this episode would be an opportunity to kind of normalize the fact that we're all suffering right now and yeah we all know this but we're all really suffering again not just from the external changes in the world but in our in our own heads i mean we're a very very social species at (laughs) at its finest for real and thrive on it i plan to have a couple more episodes actually about why and how humans are social and all that but the fact that our social interaction has been halted to some extent forcibly is really hard to deal with on the level of being an organism that depends on it (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean not even like boohoo i can't get my starbucks anymore even though you probably can get your starbucks still these days but we also need, on some biological level, some form of social interaction. To stay healthy, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one thing that uh, I wanted to just mention and point out is that the NIMH, National Institute of Mental Health, is doing a very broad survey of individuals that you can uh, potentially participate in uh, just about how your mental health has been impacted during all of this, oh, which I encourage all of you to, to do. So like we have that data, we yeah. understand what's going on. Um, yeah, that's really cool actually. 
because it's certainly affecting different people in different ways and it's it's hard to get a sense of how people are getting or how how people yeah how how people are being affected by all of this uh, yeah like on a personal level so paul are you going you have more classes right coming up in the fall uh yes i only have one more class though so and is it gonna be virtual or yeah it was confirmed that it'll be online it was supposed to be in person it originally was going to be be i think uh there's a good number of universities that are still working out there yeah what they're going to do shout out to the professors and teachers out there been doing an awesome job yeah adapting to the situation Mm -hmm. they they have a lot of work on their hands yeah one of my friends is she's like a cooking teacher okay and she's a chef her (laughs) name is stephanie we call her chef steph and uh shout out steph and uh she does this really cool thing she was one of the first teachers I know to adapt so well to the situation. She teaches people cooking. She's in a physical kitchen showing these, I think, high school students, like knives and tools that you use in the kitchen. And it, it's easier to understand how these things work when you can feel them in on the food you're working with. And, you know, it's easier to make things in person with somebody who really knows how to do it instead of trying it on your own at home. And a lot of the Students, I'm sure, don't have all the equipment they need at home. So anyway, what she did to uh, combat that in the very beginning was make these awesome videos of, like, on Instagram. She probably posted them other places too. But, you know, just kind of teaching simple things. And it was awesome because she even told us that if we wanted, we can, like, pop in on the Zoom calls and, and, like, also learn. But I've watched a couple of videos, and one of them is, like, simple, like, how to boil an egg. And she tells you all these things. That's how I learned the eight-minute boiling thing for the water. (laughs) Um, or like, these are all these different kinds of knives and this is all what they do. And this is when you should use them. And I don't know, I was very proud of my friend because it was, it was a really cool thing she did and nobody told her to do that. And she's also just, she's excited as a teacher. So there's no, no getting around the fact that she'd find a way. Mm -hmm. Is she, is she like a professor or she's just like independently teaching? I think a high school teacher. Like a home ec teacher? I'm not really sure if it's home ec or if it's like. A higher level course they do some really cool stuff okay um but i also wouldn't be surprised if she just is an overachiever and does really cool stuff for a <laughs> typical home ec class yeah. i really have no clue but i do think it's uh, high school i have yeah. to double check that with her oh, that's neat yeah it's requiring everybody to th- this whole situation is requiring everybody to adapt in clever ways yeah definitely so we figured this would just be a good platform for two people going through the same thing that all of you guys are going through, at least to some extent, to kind of chat about it and how it's how it's messing us up in some ways, but how we can find those silver linings and even some of the most terrible situations. Yeah. All right. And that's pretty much it, I think, for the day, right, Polly? I think so. All right. Thank you guys again for listening to the second episode of Brainy Days. And we should have a third episode out, so be sure to check that out. Which is going to be on one of my favorite topics. You ready? Introversion versus extroversion. Which we have both of here. Hey, it's exactly why I made it a, an episode topic. Battle of the Verts. <laughs> We're, we'll get better at this. I promise. It takes practice. We'll get better over time, for real. But thank you guys for listening again. And hope we made your days a little more brainier. Yeah. A little brainier. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Maybe that'll be it. Anyway. All right, guys. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week. Stay safe out there. Stay safe. And wear a mask.